listening to Ouija Brats. This is Devin. This is Liz. Hey, buddy. How are you? Okay. I just realized my nightgown's inside out, and it's almost (laughs) noon, and I'm in my nightgown. It's Labor Day. Close enough. It's more of like a a Christmas morning vibe for me, but, you know, you do what you gotta (laughs) do. You celebrate holidays how you see fit. I have a house on a corner near a relatively busy street, Mm -hmm. and our yard doesn't have a tall fence in the front, and I have a dog that thinks that if I say, do you want to go outside, what I mean is you and me should go hang out outside. So (laughs) to get her to pee, I have to go stand on the grass, too. Yeah. So I've invested in some nightgowns. (laughs) Atta girl. Because I really want to lean into this, like, the weirdo in the neighborhood effect. the, The eccentric... You're not old, but like the eccentric witch yeah. lady on the corner. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's wonderful. I walk around my house mostly naked, mostly all the time when I'm home. And I just realized the other day when our neighbors at night had their windows on because <gasps> our apartment's kind of weird. It's like at a corner. So most of our windows look out over the parking lot and we're five stories up. So nobody's going to see anything. Mm-hmm. But if in one of our living room windows and the kitchen window, I realized I could see directly into my very sweet neighbor's <gasps> living room, oh, no. which means they can see directly into my living room, which means they know probably how well I can hula hoop, which is not very well. <laughs> and also they've heard me, call my pets idiots a lot, and they've also seen a whole lot more of me than they probably wanted to. So maybe Sounds I should... Sounds like it means they, they owe you some money. <laughs> yeah, right? This ain't free. <laughs> Just need to install like a little a little mailbox on my front door. Be like, it's pay, yeah. pay-per-view. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. What you need to do is set up like a separate Patreon or a, oh. um, a PayPal or something. Yeah. And then get it tattooed on you. So when you're walking around naked, it's perfect. You can be like, nice ass. And then right above it, you as a tramp stamp, you've got like... <laughs> oh, excellent. Donations, go here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nope, yeah, perfect. Monetize. There you go. These days. While we're on the topic of patrons, we could thank our new patrons. Yeah. Let's do it at the beginning of the episode. So we would like to thank the new patrons, William and Errol, and also to thank all the other patrons who are around. I think we thanked Johnny. Yeah, we did, because we talked about him. And Sierra. Did we thank Sierra? I'm sure thank we thanked Sierra. Sierra. Yes. Thank and you. Sarah. Sierra and Sarah and Johnny. And... All the good folks, Errol, William, everybody else. We appreciate the support. We got a shout out in the Spokane Journal of Business. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mad about that. I am, because even though everybody who reaches out to me and is like, hey, can we collaborate? I'm like, I can't. And when people don't reach out and then talk about us, I'm like, what's your problem? <laughs> It's not even right. I'm actually very happy I know. that they brought it up. Oh, yeah. no. Now Super. I can't even see the article anymore. Oh, dear. It, it went behind a paywall. All right. <laughs> you make your money, Spokane <laughs> Journal of Business. Well, they said something along the lines of like us being a local podcast that is working toward a profit, which was such a intriguing way to put it. Yeah. And I, I think that was a nice way of saying, like, it looks like on Patreon they don't make zero money, but we don't know how much they spend. And that is a good way to summarize it. <laughs> we, 
if you consider Liz's verbal abuse one of the many reasons I'm in talk therapy, we do not make enough money to cover expenses. Oh, I give you all the love. <laughs> you give me so much love. You gave me so much love that I bought you things this weekend when I was at the third annual cryptozoology conference, my dear. Oh my god, so there's only been three and you've been to two of them? I have been to two-thirds of all of the annual cryptozoology conferences, like the total fucking cryptozoologist I am. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is an annual conference that takes place in Portland, Maine, which is where the Cryptozoology Museum is. So, makes a lot of sense to have it up there. Uh, Like I said, this was the third annual one I've been to two. This year was the first year that they've split it into two days. So, it was a, you know, whole weekend. Yeah, absolutely growing. And uh, I don't want to say anything bad about it, but I also want to be honest. It's after seeing last year's and then this year's. It was evident that it was big enough last year. It could have expanded. I don't know that two days is the way to go with it. I was thinking that if it were my conference, I think I would do one day. I would make it longer and I would have two rooms. So there were concurrent panels, lectures, demonstrations, whatever, Mm. so that you could kind of pick your own day. Yeah. Uh, And I would have an easier way to approach the speaker's afterwards some kind of mixer that evening perhaps so you could actually go and i had a hard time finding the presenters afterward to ask them questions or basically just fangirl out but it's basically a thing where everybody goes to every session yeah exactly Exactly. yeah no i i support your idea of having some options and tracks and splitting it into slightly more intimate things and then i'm always a fan of like optional pre-conference and post-conference socialization stuff like oh yeah happy hours and that kind of stuff happy hours or dances or whatever so i went on the sunday option Mm -hmm. and the 10 o'clock lecture was cryptid predators by colin schneider he's one of the younger cryptozoologists in the field and is he is he the guy you saw the thing from last year He's not the same one. He was on the panel of the young cryptozoologists, but he's not the one whose name is not coming to me, but who said that you shouldn't answer a mystery with another mystery. Um, Yeah, that really stuck with us. Oh, totally. I overuse that. Uh, That kid does a podcast on Sasquatch with his dad. But Colin, uh, right now, his specific interest is in cryptid predators. And he guess I, I guess he got started in it looking at kind of vampiric cryptid reports. So there are reports of animals that have died as a, or have been killed by an unknown animal and the method of death is being drained of blood. And okay, thank you, because I was sitting there going, wait, so are the cryptids the predators, or <laughs> right. are they speculating there's some more cryptic cryptid whose prey is Bigfoot and oh it's doing God. very poorly? Can you imagine the vampire that comes across Bigfoot? And it's just like, well, <laughs> what have I made? What hath I wrought? <laughs> Maybe it's like getting bison instead of beef in your burger. Exactly. Like, it's kind of uh, different. Uh, not uh, that different. Oh, yeah. No, I'll still eat it. I mean, I'm going to put a yeah. bunch of mayonnaise and pickles on it anyway. So that's oh, good. God. Everybody just turned off the podcast, Devin. <laughs> no, they did not. They did not. They're like, Devin has the best taste. Her taste buds are advanced and will continue to follow her. People have really strong opinions about mayonnaise and pickles. Well, some people 
are with me, and they will be on the right side of history. <laughs> please, please continue about Colin's presentation. <laughs> I, I really appreciate Colin for a lot of reasons. One, you know, the first reason being like, it's, I was awkward as fuck as a teenager, and I was certainly so awkward that I wasn't willing to, like, tell people about my passions. And something that mm-hmm. I, I appreciate about Colin is that it's obvious that this is a passion of his. He's willing to share it with people. He's willing to share it with adults, and particularly in cryptozoology. It's an old person's game. Most of the people who are big in the cryptozoology field kind of got into it in the 60s and the 70s, and now they are, I mean, I don't want to say aging out, but now they are- They're retiring? Retiring, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's nice to have a younger presence, and more than that- Well, it sounds like you and the- cryptid predators he study would both agree it's good to have fresh blood mm, good god Liz. <laughs> <laughs> fresh blood is right um colin is very thorough in his research and more than that i really appreciate that he's very skeptical for mm. for I, see, I thought you'd appreciate that because for someone like me who wants to believe in things and who often believes in things because it's way more fun to believe in it than not believe in it having someone who's saying, okay, I'm going to look at all these cryptid reports and I'm going to tell you for sure, like nine times out of 10, what I'm seeing here looks like exactly the way a dog or a coyote would have killed things. Or Mm -hmm. if you want to talk about exsanguination, if you want to talk about the draining of blood from a creature, it's really impossible for a lay person to look at something and say it was drained of blood. No, what you're seeing is a an animal corpse that's dead for more than two hours. So it's no longer yeah. bleeding and all of the blood it has, has pooled to the back. Mm-hmm. And so you're not, you're not going to see blood evidence. So it might look to you. <laughs> no, Devin, everybody who stumbles across something that died in the woods is immediately a forensic <laughs> lividity expert. <laughs> well, you apparently can make these determinations. everybody that wrote a fucking news article about these uh, about these dead animals that Colin was talking about definitely felt like they were vampire experts because every single one of them was like, oh, fuck, super vampires got to these chickens, you guys. Oh, my God, what do we do? There were a hundred of them killed a night and none of them had their blood left. But it wasn't like they were like fucking little empty Capri Sun pouches, you know? They, yeah. were just, they were just a bunch of dead birds without a lot of blood around. So anyway, Colin, I appreciated the fuck out of your panel. I thought it was very good. I ended up staying for two more talks. I listened to Andy McGrath, who's the author of Beasts of Britain. And so he was talking about cryptids in Britain, but he was focusing, uh, the most of his presentation focused on the lake monsters of Britain. Oh, cool. Um, He was cool. He was was self-deprecating in a funny way. He made a joke or two that was a little off color coming from a straight white guy. I wanted to be like, come on now, Andy, like, let's know your audience a little bit. We're Mm. in 2018 and we don't make gay jokes in America. Oh my. (laughs) Oh my. Anyway, please continue. uh, Yeah, it was all white with the exception of, of one person. And it was mostly male. I was actually interviewed by a guy from the museum who was there to get people's ideas on the conference and he was telling me how surprised he was that so many women were in attendance and i mean it seemed pretty mixed to me like 40 60 Mm -hmm. split okay most of the vendors were women interesting most of the panelists were male but there was a very there was a very good ratio of male to female panelists 
Okay, so not a ton of all-male panels. Uh, and the panel by panels, I mean single speakers. There were only oh, a f- okay. yeah, sorry, there were only a few folks uh, who were duos. You know, people speaking yeah. together. Wait, do they call them panels even when there's only one person? No, I think I called them panels because it okay. sounds more legit. Speakers. Okay. Uh, yeah, last year they had panels. This year I didn't attend a panel. I only attended speakers. Hmm. Okay. And, yeah, and it was it was a good mix of speakers who were there because they were cryptozoology enthusiasts or cryptozoologists, people who were trying to find, study, research the animals. And then there was a cool talk from a man named Alexander who makes a mini-series on different cryptids, but he was coming at it from the perspective of a filmmaker, being like, oh, look at this cool equipment that we have. Drones are, like, fucking awesome. They're going to make documentaries, making these smaller budgeted documentaries look higher production value because our technology is increasing and it's making it so that you don't have to rent a helicopter to get like this long aerial shot of the lock. You just get a drone for $300 and strap a GoPro to it. Uh, watching yeah. watching Alex's movies, you could see like how uh, it, there's just so much more legitimacy. It gave mm-hmm. his movies to have that kind of good production value for easy accessibility, you know, for him as a filmmaker, I could totally, I don't know. I'll watch. No, I won't. I can't watch those videos where people like strap GoPros to their cats to figure out how many birds their cats kill in a day. Have you seen studies on that? No, but I have seen the one where a dog steals a GoPro and it's very exciting. That's and precious. It's, great. It's, it's like a fucking Looney Tunes. Like the That's... dog's just running, the dog is happy, <laughs> and you just occasionally will see people like appear behind it with their arms flailing and then fall over. And the dog is just like, I have a thing they want. I have a thing they want. I am the fastest person. <laughs> I saw similar, but it was a squirrel. Nice. It's like, I guess you're really expensive cameras now up a tree, dude. That was your mistake for leaving it unattended. GoPro on Lydia. (laughs) Oh my god. Your little your little pretty bird, it would be hours of her in front of a mirror, talking to herself, trying on outfits, petting the dog, maybe playing a little bit with a a ukulele, and then going straight back to the mirror. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I am getting bombarded with cryptozoology questions from people at work because they don't. (laughs) I am the wrong person to argue with about anything because not only do I collapse like a fucking souffle under the slightest amount of scrutiny, I'm not going to argue for something that I don't. It's not that I don't fully believe in cryptozoology or the existence of cryptids, but the definition is so broad that, like, if you want to come at me with an argument, I'm just going to go, uh, okay, I guess you're right in this instance. Like, we've we've talked before about the definition of crypto, of cryptids, and they are yeah. animals that are purported or talked about to exist. There's no scientific evidence of them existing. And yeah. that's it. Like, it's not a mythological creature. It's not a legendary creature. It's not a Pokemon yeah. It's, it's like it's like UFOs. Like it, that just means unidentified flying object. You're yeah. not saying and there's aliens yeah. in it, and it's an alien spacecraft. You're just yeah. saying if you say I saw a UFO, you're saying I saw something in the sky that was yeah. flying, and I don't know what it was. Yeah, the end. That's all there is. That's all yeah. there is. What do people want to argue with you about? 
for for cryptozoology? Uh, part of it that I agree with. Some of it is uh, my buddy Lucas at work is arguing with me about like, well, that's just patriarchal and paternalistic, and it's very colonial, Devin, because there are some animals like the coelacanth where people in Africa were saying for centuries that they hunted and ate them, but it wasn't until the white man came and quote-unquote discovered it that it had scientific backing. And I'm like, yeah, I totally get it, and I agree with you. I'm not really sure what we're arguing about here other than me saying, well, how were the people who were eating coelacanth supposed to get it to the scientific community other than by showing it to someone who was in the scientific community and in the 1900s they were all white british people yeah that's interesting i see where lucas is coming from too and it reminds me of the thing that like when i found out about i like texted you all freaked out where i was like oh there's some places now that won't let you talk about thunderbirds as cryptids because it's a spiritual thing for some folks yeah oh okay so that I here, here's my proposed approach to that, which is henceforth when we mean big fucking birds, we call them big fucking birds. Yeah, BFGs, um, perfect. And, and yeah, BFGs. Oh my god! Yeah. And let's just not invoke thunderbirds yeah. anymore. I'm, I, that yeah. makes sense to me. Like that's a very specific spiritual thing. Totally. So we'll we'll call them big fucking birds. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. How would that be BFG? I I messed up, and I thought that you were just gonna assume that G and B were homophones, and that you misheard me, and then we were gonna keep on rolling. I meant BFB. We're on tape. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you want from me, sure Liz. When I roll that back, we're both going to sound like we don't know what we're talking about, so we're good. It's going to be good. It'll be fine if you just keep this part in where you give me the business and I write down one more thing to tell my therapist about you. <laughs> we're chill. I want to talk to you. We're chill. Another thing people want to... At work, they keep quizzing me. Devin, is a unicorn a cryptid? Okay, well, if that isn't a cryptid, then is a fairy a cryptid? Is a mermaid a cryptid? Is, it it goes on. It can be anything. And some of it I get. And some of it is totally, like, it's a Venn diagram. And I don't know where they cross. I'm not a, I'm not an actual cryptozoologist. I'm somebody who really likes animals, who really likes weird things, who pokes more stuff than she should, that she finds on the ground with her own hands, and mm-hmm. we'll look at a bunch of, of animal books that I have to try to figure out, do I know what this is or not? Um, but oh my God. when we're also talking about cryptids, this is, where, this is where it gets a little more concrete, Liz. I can talk about this. They're not just animals that people go, ah, well, I, for years we have talked about this giant hairy hominid and we call it Sasquatch and it's a real thing, but we have no evidence for it. It can be an animal that is is anatopistic so it's 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 an animal that we know exists but it shouldn't be where people are seeing it so uh, wait 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 okay so anatopistic is that like anachronistic but for place exactly i'm so good you're so smart you figured it out i have a thing i want to say before we move on from lucas's point though which is that like Absolutely, science very much reinforces a certain colonial, patriarchal, you know, a a very, a certain way of looking at the world. Yeah. Which isn't the only way that the world can be looked at. Totally. And I definitely am on Lucas's page with that. Yeah. But I do think that rather than throwing out the concept of science or relegating it to, like, just another way of looking at the world. Yeah. 
let's colonize it ourselves and just make there be a lot of different perspectives in it that are all using this way of looking at the world. Because I think there's a danger of pushing too far the other direction and saying, well, my opinion about what vaccines do is equivalent to a vaccine researchher's. Yes. And I was like, no. We can't, we can't throw out, there is an objectivity in the world. Humans just don't have objectivity yeah. in ourselves. Yeah. You know, the, the researcher is the instrument. And we definitely can't subscribe to that, like, 19th century, like, I'm the neutral human in the world because I'm a straight white mm-hmm. male. Oh my God. Money. Right. So let's just all acknowledge the perspectives we come from and we'll all be like those guys examining the elephant where it's like the tail is a rope and the <laughs> yeah. trunk is a different thing. And we'll come up with an elephant. We just have to get like more people in here. Yeah, we just have to have somebody feel up the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Words to live by. Okay. Please, please tell me more about these. Ana- oh, I can't say yeah, it. Anatopistic. And I, I, made, anatopistic. I made sure before I brought you that word, I listened to the online pronunciation guide. Anatopistic. Anatopistic. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, in cryptozoology, ABC stands for alien big cat. And Easy as one, two, three. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> alien big cat, and not alien yep. in the sense of from outer space, but as in, like, stranger in a strange land, You're right? You're s- fucking brilliant, and I would kiss you if we were in the same room, because that's exactly Get right. over here. Mm, here, <laughs> here I come, my friend. Um, this term applies to sightings of big cats in Britain, which is a country and an island and a conglomeration of countries, Great Britain, that has no native large cats. However, Britain has a rash of sightings of lions, cougars, jaguars, and these in, um, these in cryptozoology are under the umbrella of ABCs. Terrestrially oh. anatopistic cats. Wow. There you go. That's harder to say. Wait, so, well, maybe you're going to explain this. Has Britain ever had native big cats? No. Uh, Maybe in the, like, Miocene area, maybe prehistoric, but not that I'm aware of. Um, Before it, like, skittered away from the rest of Europe, maybe it did. Huh, okay. Uh, But, I mean, they they don't have uh, bobcats. They don't have cougars like we do. They don't have jaguars. Okay, Most, cool. I wanted to get that established before I started making up wild theories before about got what people theories. were seeing. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, wait, it's a remnant population? Or blah, 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 blah. I know, I know, and that's what like, gets me what's so that excited. Like? What, what's, what's it like not getting <laughs> notifications on Nextdoor all the time that like somebody saw a bunch of cougars in their backyard? <laughs> I don't have that turned on, but the minute I'm back in Washington, I'm going to. Oh, you got it. Yes, <laughs> totally happening. That's not to say that people haven't actually found cougars in Britain. They they have, but what those are, <laughs> are either escaped or released, privately owned, imported wild cats who then yes, okay. turn up in the English countryside. Oh, fuck. Our poor sheep had no fucking idea what hit them. <laughs> More often than not, in Britain, alien big cat sightings, when people have photographic evidence, hardcore oh. scientist researchers are saying it's trick photography like Lord of the Rings. 
(laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Quite honestly, this is a photo of a house cat, but there's nothing in the foreground or background that's giving us a good idea on its actual size in relation to what's around it. And Uh. it is not your fault. Human eyes are very fallible, and our lizard brains are really, really quick to spot potential danger. So you see a normal-sized cat closer to you than you think it is, and your brain goes, holy fuck, that's a big cat farther away. Regardless, I gotta run. I gotta book it. Yeah. Yeah, and plus cameras. I remember you teaching me this. Like, cameras don't replicate exactly what we see. Totally. Right? Because it's one lens instead of two eyeballs. Exactly. There's no parallax. Yeah, there's no parallax, so you don't do as good a job at depth perception as you might. And... Everybody should keep that in mind if they think they look good and then they get a picture taken of them and they look like a bog troll. That's the camera lying. <laughs> that's exactly. It's totally the camera lying. It has to do with the, yeah. with the depth of field. It has to do with the angle. It has to do with the lighting. Dude. Yeah. Angelina You're Jolie gorgeous. can look like a bog troll. And it's all the camera. You are gorgeous. Angelina's gorgeous. We all fucking gorgeous. Cameras are fucking liars. Yeah. They make cats look closer, people look not as good as they are. (laughs) No offense to bog trolls. No, yeah, no offense to bog trolls. I feel that, though, because now that I have a black dog, I'm like, oh, look, she's so cute. And I take a picture, and it's just, like, nice pile of clothes. Yes. What is that? It's, uh, let's see. Oh, Mm, do you want two examples of uh, real animals that were found and dumped? I guess I'll just tell it to you anyway. Yeah. yeah. So I was saying, you know, when there's actual evidence, when people actually find big cats in Britain, there was a Canadian lynx, for example, that was found yeah. and shot in 1903. And its denture work or its dental work, excuse me, suggested that it had been domestic. It was living a really fucking cushy life. It had all of its teeth. They were beautifully cleaned before it was shot and killed. So somebody had imported, probably as a kitten, a baby Canadian lynx. And then when it got too big and scary and wanted to eat the family pets, they were just like, oh, oh, throw my soda bottle. They were like, (laughs) (laughs) that's what they were like. That's what they were like. They were just, oh, out you go into the English countryside. Also, there was... People, come on. (sighs) Is it because they're not supposed to have them in the first place that they're like, I can't, like, take this to get euthanized? Oh, yeah. What do you... No, you were totally importing this illegal thing. You have to have so many permits to actually... In in America, I don't know what Britain's laws are. I would imagine they're similarly stringent, seeing as you can have guns in America, but you can't have guns in Britain. I would make them, I would assume they would be stricter on an island, because, like, here, (laughs) I mean, that's, like, half the creatures at uh, Cattails is raccoons that people didn't realize you needed a license to have. Yeah, Uh, yeah, in Britain, you would have to have some kind of big game license. In America, I know know you have to have a similar type of license, you know, like Mike Tyson with his white tigers, didn't he get them taken away because he didn't have the requisite like cat sanctuary licensure that you actually need something like that. Yeah. Uh, Which I think is almost from what I gather more of a curse than a blessing because once you've actually gone through it for like the one tiger you were concerned about, all of a sudden you're the only person who can save like every tiger in a 300 mile radius from getting put down. And you're like, 
All right, I'm going to go to Lowe's and <laughs> build another <laughs> enclosure, I guess. No, I need four more acres and a whole lot more wood. So yep. much chicken wire. God damn oh it. Oh, my God. Do you know that some of the tigers at Cattails, if you look up, they're in, like, uh, these these enclosures, which I wish were much bigger, but I understand, yeah. like, they are doing what they can with a very limited budget. Yeah. Their enclosures don't have roofs. I know. I know. Isn't that terrifying? I'm like, I don't know a ton about tigers, but I do know that this would not stop my cat. <laughs> so it wouldn't stop your geriatric dog if there was something she really wanted on the other side of that. Yeah. <laughs> so it concerns me. <laughs> my, We're going to have an ABC here in Spokane pretty quick. <laughs> we are. An ABC. Well, Liz, we've had not ABCs, but Spokane, the Pacific Northwest in general, but Spokane, holy fuck, are we known for, and I don't mean the alum, we are known for cougar sightings in Spokane. Ooh. Holy shit. In Washington State, Alone, there are probably 2,000 wild cougars. And I know when I was living in Spokane, probably every couple of years you'd get reports, uh, you'd get sightings of them on the Centennial Trail, you'd get sightings yeah. of them at Bowling Pitcher. Mm -hmm. uh, like many animals, uh, they are, of course, fucked up by our human invasion where we're pushing their habitats to the smaller and smaller areas. So, of course, they're going to come mm -hmm. into conflict with people or just come hang out in our area. They're kind of like bears. Like, people see them on the bluffs a lot. Oh, yeah. Noticed. Definitely. But anywhere you're going to take a Pomeranian, uh, really? they, they will show up. They will show up. <laughs> uh, if you go to, like, the Department of Fish and Wildlife, part Department of Fish and Game, if you go to their website, they talk about ways to avoid cougar encounters in the wild. And one of the things they say is keep small children and small pets close to you. Have them, if you're in a group walking, have them ideally walk a few feet in front of you. And I'm like, fuck yeah, so the cougar's going to take the kid. That's great. I've got my bait yeah, out in front of me. No, they want kids where you can see them. And if they're lagging behind, it's easy for a cougar to sneak up behind you, stalk the child, and take it and run. Mm. I think about that a lot with, like, the unsolved, unresolved mysteries yes. of, like, kids who disappear on hikes with their mm -hmm. family, where, like, the kids are old enough to, to range a couple minutes ahead yep. or a couple minutes behind, yep. and then somehow they just vanish without a trace. They're gone. Because cougars are... Like, they're, they're like jaguars in that they put their prey in trees, right? Yeah, they will cache them for later. Mm -hmm. That's another thing is if you see a dead deer, moose, whatever, if you come across carrion in the mm -hmm. wild, if you're in the woods, fucking turn around and walk slowly and alertly and largely away because it's very likely a cougar cache. Yeah. It de Oof. depending on where you're listening. Don't from, examine it for exsanguination. Don't look Just for exsanguination. Away. It was not a vampire. I can promise you. Almost certainly promise you this. <laughs> it is a vampire's cash. Don't disturb it. <laughs> right? Right? Lestat gonna come fuck your shit up. Leave it be. <laughs> Cougars are also known as pumas or mountain lions or a variety of other adorable various regional 
names, but they're all the same thing. It, Catamount. Catamount. <laughs> I'm so glad you knew it. It's such a wonderful name. Catamount. That, well, that's an Appalachian term. Yes, <laughs> it like is. Catamount. I like the way you pronounce that as though you were Southern. You definitely yeah. lived in the Carolinas for a while. I, I learned. You yeah, did. Yeah, I learned. So up north, up in New York, where we also have that same mountain range, yeah. they're Appalachians. Yep. But the, the thing they say in the South is if you say it's Appalachian, I'm going to throw an Appalachia. <laughs> That's so cute. That's how you remember. <laughs> That's so cute. Aww. Well, catamounts, pumas, mountain lions, cougars, we're all talking about, you know, the Latin is puma concolor, which is a six to eight foot, 140 to 180 pound grayish brown apex predator. They'll fuck your shit up. Mm-hmm. They're the fourth largest feline in the world. They are the biggest feline in North America. Jaguars, however, live in South America and used to range up into North America, mostly into the very extreme southern states, very extreme southwest Arizona, New Mexico, Texas. They were pushed out back south more uh, as far you know as Sonora was supposed to be the northernmost of their range in Mexico in the early yeah. 20th century. Now, of course, in the mid 2000s or in the I'm sorry, in the 2010s, Arizona is tracking at least two male jaguars that have come across El Rio Grande and they are living in Arizona. Those are their primary territories now, which is wow. fascinating. Yeah. But we don't get jaguars up here, right? We get no. we get cougars up here. Yeah. Um the other two big cats that you might see if you're up here is a bobcat, which is very mm-hmm. small. I didn't realize this. They're only about three feet big. Yeah. They're twenty to thirty pounds. They're I mean they're they're tiny little shits, right? Um, they have a bobcat at cattails. Its name is Stitches. Why is it named Stitches? Because <laughs> it's an asshole. <laughs> It'll give you as far as I stitches. Know. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, uh, Bobcats, one researcher that I was I, I read reading up on this, he called them the coyotes of Washington State because they are so fucking prevalent. There's probably 5,500 Bobcats. What? Is this like when I was at that, like, Chinese lantern thing, and they were like, penguins, the boats of the sea. <laughs> and I'm like, boats are the boats of the sea. Coyotes are the coyotes of Washington. What are you talking about? I'm sorry, I mean, it's the feline equivalent of the coyote. <gasps> Not that they're the coyotes of okay. Washington State. <laughs> it's in Washington, it's the feline equivalent. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm having none of it today. You are not. Don't let me get away about? with it. BFGs, Liz. Yeah, let me get away with that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, other than bobcats, if you're super lucky, you'll see a lynx, but there are probably only 50 or so living in Washington State, and they are... Oh, they got them big foot. Big foots and big ears. I want to touch them. I yeah, know. I want to touch the big feet. Yeah. With my face. And it just, like, and then you don't have a face you anymore. Don't. But. but they'd be so soft until the claws came out. Don't you think? Yeah. Be like bunnies. For just a second. Yeah. I want to pet a tiger, too. Oh, like, man. I don't... I... Why hasn't this gone away genetically? No. Why didn't whatever this come from get involved out of... By the time they got to me, of seeing a, a big cat and going, I need to touch it. Because you're... I want to hug it. Your ancestors are fucking from, from the fucking British Isles where they didn't have big yeah. cats, Liz. You're... 
<laughs> your family has handed this down to you for generations because none of your great grandparents yep. got taken out of the pool by going, that's a gorgeous fucking large cat and I'm going to go touch it right now. They didn't have How the opportunity. and me didn't tell me that. It wasn't, it was like, so yeah, you're British and Irish and whatever, and you're more likely to hate cilantro and more likely to own a dog. Why didn't you say like, and, and you're more likely to think that hugging cats is a good idea. So be careful at large cat preserves. <laughs> Jason and I were at Petco today, and he really wanted to pet the birds. So being a dutiful wife, I would... Uh, put my finger in the bird cage so that the bird could bite my finger so that Jason could put his finger in another part of the pit cage and pet it. <laughs> so I'll do that for you with wow. tigers. I'll get its attention oh and be real close. No. And then you can, well, yeah, you. well, no, you can reach in and touch its tail while I'm, I'm near the face, not getting eaten, just near the face. Oh my God. Yeah. I think it's going to notice. <laughs> no, I got to do it like in, um, in the, in the silence of the lambs prequel when there's a tiger that's like been put under for dental work. Oh my gosh. And they go, pet it oh my gosh i would do that oh my gosh yeah. he takes so many photos of me with that cat draped across me <laughs> wonderful like britney with her albino anaconda it's or exactly right boa. boa and its name is banana Aww. i think that's what i read she recently tweeted yeah, about she, it yeah yeah she was like what's that snake doing these days good job britney by the way right? like we were all worried about you and you seem to be so happy now yeah you're doing your thing good for you girl yeah good for you <laughs> well, speaking of cougars, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's our age now, so <laughs> it's not unusual to see a cougar, as all things all things considered, it's not unusual to see a cougar in Washington State. It is unusual, according to the scientific community, perhaps impossible to see a black cougar. And yet, we have reported sightings of large black cats in the Pacific Northwest. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, black cat sightings are really actually fairly common in terms of cryptozoology sightings all across the U.S. Actually, the most I had ever heard about black cat sightings were in the Appalachias, in Illinois, and in the Carolinas. For whatever reason, or not the Carolinas, I'm sorry, in Florida. Uh, for In Florida makes sense. It's jungly. It's very jungly. That's where they live. There's actually a small population of Florida panthers in the Everglades. So there's cougars, pumas, mountain lions. That one animal uh, is, is hanging on by a claw in Florida. So Aww. God bless them. But okay, I'm just I'm on Wikipedia right now because I had like half an idea about what the fuck a panther was. Yeah. And, and now I'm looking. Okay, so any big cat that is black is a panther. It, so in Asia and Africa, leopards that are black yeah. are black panthers. Yeah. And in the Americas, a jaguar that is black Correct. is a black panther. Correct. That's not very organized. It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. So Bagheera being a black panther, he was a jaguar because it was in South America, right? That's where the jungle book is, is South America? Nope, or India. It's in India. Fuck, you're right. Fuck, that's right. He even goes after that hot chick in the village. Ah, oh, that's <laughs> right. Okay, so Bagheera is a leopard. Leopards are smaller than jaguars. I didn't know that until I was researching for this episode. Okay. Uh, jaguars, one of the, if you have them side by side, they're easier to tell apart because there's a difference in the way their rosettes are formed. Oh, 
I didn't write this down, so it's I'm grasping at straws here, but I believe it is the South American jaguar that has a dot in the middle of its rosettes where a leopard mm. just has a collection of spots kind of in a circle. Both. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. The leopard's almost got, like, you used your fingerprints yeah. to make the little dots. Yeah. Um, okay. Both are two of the 11 felid species in which melanism can occur. So there's 37 felid species. 11 of them can have melanism. Both jaguars and leopards can have it. Melanism. We've talked about that before, I believe, or at least I've talked about it a whole fucking lot because I think it's so cool. It's when there's an overabundance of the pigment melanin in an animal's skin, and that results in black hair or fur growth meaning it's an animal that wasn't supposed to be all black, but now it is. So it's like the opposite of, of, an al- of albinism. Exactly. Yeah, it's the opposite okay, of well, albinism. What, have we talked about examples of melanistic creatures before on the show? I don't know that we have. I just really like talking about it a lot because it's a word that makes me sound smart, but I probably haven't yeah. said it on the show. But uh, a black panther is a melanistic cougar or jaguar because their normal color morph is that tawny gold with black rosettes. Hmm. Melanism is where that gene has been turned on, so now all the fur is black. Albino, it's lacking any melanin, which is only one of the color pigments you have, which is where you can get leukistic animals, where they're not lacking melanin, they're lacking other color pigments. So you can have a lion that is leukistic so it's got black nose black mouth those are the skin membranes that have melanin but it doesn't have other color pigments in its skin so it's got white fur but it'll have normal colored eyes or it'll have blue eyes whereas an albino has zero melanin meaning you don't have any of that melanin pigment in your iris meaning you're only seeing that red reflection Okay, this is very interesting. It's so cool, right? And it's it's yeah, um, it's evolutionarily melanistic animals. Scientists say do better in the wild. It's way better at yeah. camouflage. At most things that you're either hiding in is dark. So you're hiding. Yeah. You're blending into the night. You're blending into the trees. You're blending into the ground. You're probably doing okay for yourself. Also, you're not getting a fucking sunburn. You're not getting a fucking sunburn. <laughs> Helpful, right? While melanin, uh, while melanism occurs, like I said, in jaguars and leopards, there's no scientific proof that it occurs in cougars. Huh. Which is weird because a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest have specifically reported not only did they see a large black cat where there shouldn't be large black cats, they can confidently identify it as a cougar. Wow. I've got two incidents from 2014 that I'll tell you about specifically. The first one is, it was 2014, Port Townsend, and a man by the name of Forrest Aldrich was walking his dog. And (laughs) I tried to find the dog's name. It wasn't reported in the news article. And Buzz, or not Buzz's, uh, Forrest's Facebook is too locked down for me to find pictures of his dog to figure out what its name is. So I'm sorry that I couldn't bring you a dog's name. But he was walking his dog uh, in Port Townsend in a neighborhood at 10 a.m. October 1st, 2014. And as he's walking on this path that he's walked several times, you know, it's, it's, it's in a 
it's not the city center, but it's a suburb. You know, there's houses, mm-hmm. there's other people around. On a hillside to his left, about 200 yards away from him, he says he spotted a black creature sitting on its haunches, and it was looking at him and his dog. And Forrest goes, okay, well, that's weird, but he assumed it was a black bear that had wandered near town. And so he continues his walk, you know, slowly, Wait, confidently. Wait, so calm about it being a black bear? Yeah, black bears are pretty Do you remember how fast I left you for dead <laughs> the time we came across a skunk? <laughs> <laughs> oh my I took God. off running. You would have thought I was Spider-Man. I thought you were I Spider-Man. took off running. <laughs> well, that was just a skunk. All we had to do was outrun Desiree. You didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Desi. You were our sacrificial lamb. All we had to do was get faster than you. It was like a zombie movie. Oh my god. I don't know, dude. Black bears seem pretty spooky. I've seen actual like house cats run them off. I've seen Boston terriers run black bears off. I wouldn't be that freaked out by a black bear. But regardless, Aldrich is is. I guess braver than you are, braver than I am, because he keeps walking. He's on his walk. I mean, yeah, he's braver than me and my dog who got beat up by a 17 year old cat. Oh, <laughs> poor cubby. Oh, yeah. she just she, she took it like she a just champ. She submit and run backward at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and I took her over to my parents' house yesterday when we were dropping Lydia off, and I took her into the backyard and she was trembling, oh, just like visibly baby. trembling because she was so afraid Jake was going to come out and she get her again. She knew that's where that asshole lived. Oh, yeah. Jake, what a turd. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Melanistic apatosaurus. Yeah, a melanistic apatosaurus was seen by a cat in in Port Wankersmith. Excellent. (laughs) It's great. Okay, so he thinks it's a black bear. So Forrest Aldrich thinks it's a black bear, and you're not supposed to run away from cougars, from bears, from whatever fucking thing you see that you don't get what it is, right? You're supposed to be pretty calm. You, You know, you can appear bigger than it, but... Forrest, like I said, is braver than we are, and he continues on his walk just keeping this thing in his line of sight, because it's just sitting there. It's not fucking with him yet. So he's now walking, continuing, as he's going to curve around this cliff face, and now he's only about 120 yards from this creature, and it stands up. And I don't think you're supposed to run away, but I don't think you're supposed to advance upon them. I mean, Forrest, <laughs> your judgment, man. He's <laughs> big dick on campus, man. Forrest just knows really? what the fuck. Anyway, he's now 120 yards. He's closing this gap, and this animal stands up, and when it does, he now sees its whole, whole profile. And he says it was a completely black cougar. He could see its three-foot-long tail, its long legs. He said it had a distinctly cougar-like head. This was a cougar, and it paralleled him and his dog for a minute before slinking back into the underbrush, at which point Forrest went home and called the Department of Fish and Wildlife and said, the fuck, I just saw this thing in the newspaper. Okay, good call to make, Forrest. Kind of wish you'd had a phone with you, with a camera. (laughs) God damn it. You're going to love Forrest. You're going to love Forrest here in a second. Please, he's like a 60-year-old realtor. I mean, he probably had one of those, yeah. like, flip phones. It wouldn't have taken a great photo. Anyway. Uh, but in the in the newspaper report, it says, quote, A neighbor later suggested that it might have been a Newfoundland dog. And Aldrich replied that, yes, it could be a Newfie. Newfie dressed up like a cougar. <laughs> <laughs> I like you, See, you're okay with Forrest. 
Yeah, I like that. Because I do, well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why if I'm ever the person who sees such a thing, it's gonna, nobody's gonna believe it. And one is that, yeah, every time I see a black Newfoundland, I'm like, a bear. <laughs> a bear. Um, and every time I see deer wandering around a suburban neighborhood, my brain goes, look at those big dogs. <laughs> you were, that coupled with the fact that you want to touch every tiger you see? Yeah. How did you survive? Oh my God. Yeah, now, well, not to mention they'd be interviewing me, and I, I, like, all these things where they're like, and then it was about 120 yards away, and my entire thing would be, then it was about as far away as I am from that red car. <laughs> Same with me. What the fuck? 120 yards don't mean shit to me. Was it between me and Krispy Kreme there on the corner? Yeah, yeah. that's a distance I can work with. <laughs> Lewis and fucking Clark over here. Right? About a block. About a block. Was it as far as I can throw a Nerf football? So, like, probably four feet? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But this appearing in the newspaper, this story appearing in the Port Townsend Lender, uh, Port Townsend Leader, prompted another resident to email the newspaper and say, I actually also saw a black feline in the same area but it was four weeks earlier i'm less inclined or (sighs) dusty Maisie, the person who who reported this i'm less inclined to believe simply because dusty's account is so much more sensational um and we don't have any verification of that before Forrest's account? Dusty, according to Dusty, he called 911 when he saw this creature. And then 911 said, what do you want us to do? Call the Washington State Department of Fish and Wildlife. So Dusty Maisie calls them. And he's kind of put through a hold and transfer cycle where no one, he, according to him, nobody knew who to take, who was supposed to take the report. So he just hung up in frustration. Well, that sounds plausible, actually. That does sound plausible, right? <laughs> but this is like when I called, sorry, Pitbull lovers, but <laughs> we used to live in a neighborhood where there were these four intact, really beefy male Pitbulls who yeah. occasionally escape from whatever shady situation they were in yeah. and go around trying to, like, break into yards to get at smaller dogs to eat. Yeah. And I called Animal Control and was like, could you please round these up so it's safe to, like, yeah. go outside because they're behaving really aggressively. And they're like, well, they're not hurting anybody. And I'm like... Do I have to wait until they yeah. do before I call you? They're trying to eat the dog on the other side of the fence, so they're eating the fence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which... I'll keep you posted on the fence. <laughs> it's like... Maybe they're trying to let that little dog out so it can join their pack. I think that must be it, Liz. They're just freeing it. Yeah. It's, it's a lady yeah. in the tramp situation. <laughs> exactly. They're freeing it. It's Peg. She's in the jail. We got to get her out uh, because she's the hottest dog. Oh, Peg. Oh, Peg. Okay. Well... So, Dusty Maisie. So Dusty. Dusty's email says, I saw that it was a cat as well, except it's not a cougar, it's a panther, exclamation mark, he wrote. I know how crazy that sounds, but I'm telling you that I was close enough to see the color of its eyes, yellow. Those eyes have haunted me since then, still right now. It's giving me chills. It looked right at me for a brief second, we locked eyes, and then it was gone like a dream, like it was never there. There was death in those eyes. The big cat looked evil and angry. So. Dusty. (laughs) Dusty, Dusty. you've you've strayed a little bit from just relating the facts of the situation, and you've moved on to your impressions of the situation. (laughs) You're you're attributing evil and anger to an animal that, as far as we know, is not able to feel either. 
Also, you're very firm on the difference between a panther and a black cougar, and we can tell you, now being Wikipedia experts, that a black cougar would be a panther. Would be a panther, A, number one, and B, they'd all have yellow eyes. They'd all have that tawny golden eyes. The fuck, Maisie? What color would they have if it was a panther like Maisie was looking for? Would its eyes be not evil? No, if it was a panther like Maisie was looking for, because he was looking for, well, shit. Do you mean a cougar? I don't even know at this point. Nobody knows. Maisie, you have fucked this up for the last time. We're done with you. We're moving on. (laughs) All right. So if we're not seeing a melanistic cougar, which the majority of the scientific community says is impossible, that cougars are not, pumas are not, a feline that's able to exhibit melanism. They're not one of the 11 species that does. I was able to find one scientist. Uh, his name is Mick Cope, and he's a regional wildlife program man- manager in the Olympic Peninsula. And hmm. he said that although rare, he thinks it's possible for a cougar to be black uh, because other animals are able to be melanistic. And just the fact that we haven't seen one yet, you know, our boy Mick here is a real cryptozoologist. He's saying it's possible. Why is it not possible? Just because we don't have evidence of it doesn't mean you know, it couldn't have slipped through. I'm not willing to totally write it off as a possibility. So, yeah, that's that's very mysterious to me. Like, if somebody who knew a lot about, like, big cat genetics was like, no, the way that genes cross in a jaguar can never happen in a cougar, right. so it'll never be melanistic, I would buy that. But I'm not just going to say, oh, well, we've never seen one, so it can't be. That's one of the same arguments folks use with other cryptids like Sasquatch, which is, yeah. If we don't have any, we don't have verified photos, we don't have roadkill, which is surprising because apparently one of the mm-hmm. main ways that they find out cougar populations in uh, North America is by roadkill numbers, numbers of hmm. cougars that they find dead on the side of the road. Super sad. Uh, you know, so we don't have roadkill. A hunter has never shot and killed one and produced the pelt. So again, there's there's no hard evidence. We we well, can't that's what people would have said, though, about that, that cougar with the teeth in its forehead, too, Exactly. Though. That was in like Idaho in 2016. If you don't know the story, yeah. there was a cougar that was shot and killed by a hunter, and it had a set of fangs growing out of its skull. And they don't... Yeah, so... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you'd seen that and reported it, people would have been like, yeah, okay, like, you saw a cougar that had, like, some plant matter stuck to its head or whatever. Yeah. We've never seen a thing like this. Yeah. It's never been roadkill. No hunter ever has, and then all of a sudden a hunter did. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, I get, I don't know. I feel like this is the cryptozoology argument I want to get yeah. into with your co-workers. Of, yeah. like, you're not necessarily asserting there's, like, a thriving breeding population of these. You're just saying that at one point in the big DNA dance, yeah. something happened and this creature was able to survive to adulthood yeah it got once it it made its way to some human's line of sight and then was never seen again a because it's very rare that you're going to spot a cougar despite it being i mean it's more likely you're going to see a cougar than a lynx simply based on numbers yeah but it's just an ambush predator but it's just right um yeah that's their whole thing is they're trying to stay hidden that's how they survive um yeah I, I find that, that whole thing you said that, uh, fuck, what am I trying to say? The genetic throwback or the genetic throw sideways mm-hmm. are really some of my favorite 
cryptid stories because they seem so much more plausible and because you can get, I think, very scientific with them. You could have, like you said, a big Mm -hmm. cat scientist, a big cat researcher say, no, actually the way that cougar skin works is there never would have been any reason for melanin to be present in this. So there's no way that genes Mm -hmm. could have crossed in that way, whatever the answer is. Um, I think that that's, that's really cool. But okay. So if people aren't seeing black cougars, right, what, what could it be? Uh, escaped exotic cat totally. from personal collection because yeah. there's a huge problem with that in the world in general. And I feel like, especially in states in our country, such as some of them in the Northwest, yeah. where you can have a big amount of land yeah. Yeah. and let them wander it. Yeah, you can easily get a lot of land in Montana or in Idaho, or yeah. the less desirable, I suppose, the less... Uh, the less cosmopolitanly desirable places of Washington and Oregon, even. You can get a lot of land, you can hide a lot of shit. Yeah, so there's that. That's one thing I would float. Um, We could also say regular big house cat that person didn't understand how far away they are. Dougal, is it small or is it far away? (laughs) Like, that thing. Because I have read that people are very bad at estimating the difference between small and far away, especially when it's something that their brain thinks is a threat, right? Oh, I'm sure I would be. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And especially when it's in, like, a a hillside where you're like, I don't know if that bush is, like, one foot tall or five feet tall. I don't have a lot of frame of reference for this. Yeah. A um alternate theory, furry living the life. <laughs> Do you, what's scarier to you? That there's a <laughs> there's a whole lot of uh, a person achieving their goals is not scary to them. But they had something like that going on in the southwest recently, where there no was way. a guy who was like living with the goats. Remember him? No, I don't. What? He was like living with goats and living as a goat, and they went and checked on him, and he's like, "I'm fine. I just like living with goats." And they're like, "All right." Stop it. For real? Yeah. Good. Do you need me to look this up for no, you? I, Let me figure out where this was. I believe, yeah, look up Goatman, South US, Liz. Tell me what that comes Here up with go. for you. Daily Mail, May 27, 2016. Oh, no, okay. It wasn't even there. Why I decided to give up my life in London and become a goat in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> he got an Ig Nobel Award. What? He commissioned prosthetics so oh, that he could I did crawl see around. That guy. So that yeah, he could. Oh, and those prosthetics are something that my brother and I designed in our heads and on lined paper twenty years ago when we were going to make badass Halloween costumes. Thank you very much. Yeah. We should have gotten into the furry yeah. game. Ah, yeah. fucking cool yeah. as shit. Good for him. Now he only did it for a week. But imagine oh. if he hadn't told, like, the Washington Post about it. Oh. Somebody had been like, I saw a goat man. And they'd be like, horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, too. It was on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> what? Did you really eat only grass? And will you ever eat grass again? Uh, oh, he used a pressure cooker to cook the grass he chewed up during the day. Yeah, I love this picture so much of him face planted on the grass because he has a human neck and not a long goat neck. So he can't stand there on his prosthetics and bend down and reach the grass. He has to face plant. (laughs) Where there is a will, there is a way. Your personal pursuit of excellence, sir. I'm on board. Yeah, we commend that. Okay, anyway, but yeah, what, what do you think this thing was? I think it was a melanistic cougar. Like, I'm I'm all about, yeah. yeah, could it have been any of these sightings? Like, I'm not 
picking one in particular. I feel like uh, Forrest Aldrich sounds like a really credible witness. Will I totally agree that probably a lot of them are misidentified house cats, maybe misidentified black bears, misidentified dogs? Um, you're seeing maybe a cougar, but it's in the shadows and you're having Ooh, a hard time? Alternate, alternate theory. Cougar, regular cougar that walked under black paint in manner of Pepe Le Pew cartoon. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a fucking Mentos commercial. There's no Elizabeth. wrong answers in brainstorming, Devin. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Okay, so we have the furry theory. We have the Pepe Le Pew theory. We have the misidentified bear theory. We'll throw that in there just because there's no wrong answers, you know. We have... <laughs> The melanistic cougar theory that scientists say. Nope, it was probably the paint. Probably 100% that. You know, it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator. He rolled around in some mud to better camouflage yeah. himself. Perfect. Airtight. My thought. Cougar that felt like changing up her look. <laughs> Goth cougar. Goth cougar. Emo phase, mom. It's not just a phase, by the way. My, my pie-in-the-sky wild idea is that it's a melanistic jaguar that made its way up could that account for some of the sightings could it be that jaguars are furthering their northern territorial range probably not Mm. but i think that's if there's no wrong answers in brainstorming we get to throw that in there particularly for the sightings in florida yes for sightings in florida for sure and i also feel like we observe borders that animals don't necessarily and also Animals don't always behave around us the way that we expect them to. So, like, what if there was a melanistic jaguar down in, like, Arizona, and it fell asleep in the back of a truck of logs that was going to Vancouver or something, and then woke up and was like, where am I? (laughs) (laughs) It's the start of a romantic comedy. Yeah, and then it has to be Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey 3. <laughs> it meets up with Airbud and they yeah. they start a rival basketball game. It's all the all yeah. the big cats versus all of the golden retrievers. Yeah, led by the Shunkawarakin. Led by our buddy Shunkawarakin, the half hyena, half dog, all badass. Oh, looks like it's pooping. <laughs> <sighs> There you have it. I like this, though. This makes me excited because, again, it's like there's so much more happening than you there's know. So, right. And it's right. I, it feels so tangible. It feels right there. When I say that uh, whenever I'm going to go to a camping trip and I'm going to find Bigfoot, I'm half joking when I say that. I'm half serious. Like, I'm, I'm open to the possibility, but I'm probably more than half joking. But when I say I'm going to go find a melanistic cougar, like, I have a better chance probably of finding a cougar than a Bigfoot. And maybe yeah. it'll be the black one. Yeah. My, on, on my scale of plausibility, yeah. If, like, like I just, I relate it all back to the day that I found out they caught the Golden State Killer. Yes. Like, my degree of shock to that, if somebody said we have a live Bigfoot, I'd be more shocked. And if they somebody said we caught a melanistic cougar, now that I know what that is, I would be less shocked than the fact Gold. that they locked down GSK. Are you... What's more plausible, that a melanistic cougar exists or that those two dogs were attacking the fence to let out their smaller compadre? Yeah, or that cats can travel many states to catch back, like, to to get back with their people. Like, if Mm -hmm. we see that, what if that's what this is? This is people who, like, have (laughs) 
these pets, and then they go dump them, and then they go, like, hundreds of miles to get back to their owners and eat them. I was a piece of you, Mommy. My human mother, I belong to you. Now I'm going to fucking eat your face, because you just dumped me in the middle of Kansas and fucked off to your new life in Seattle. For life. Not just for Christmas. And now your life is over. And we can part our ways. Okay, can I read you a story about some big cats in Spokane from Spokane History Buffs? Please do. So Spokane History Buffs is a public group run by a guy named Larry who is a a friend of the show in as much as he's okay with me promoting the show and often has good answers to questions that I have. Oh, thanks, Larry. About Spokane history stuff. Yeah. He's been very good at, like, connecting me, too, with other... Um, I don't think I'm, like, an expert Spokane historian, but I am an expert Spokane history gossip at this point. <laughs> so I love being connected with other history gossips. So he was helping me with, like, Buck. Yes. Trying to figure out, like... Like, he connected me with this guy who's able to say, like, oh, you know... Bennett was only ever known as Bennett. He never went by his first name. And there's this component and that component. And I'm like, this is fantastic. That's so, so this cool. is a post from a guy who I won't. Spoken History Buffs is a public group, but I won't use this guy's last name just because who knows. Yeah. Um, this is from a guy named Jeff. And he posted it August 24th, if you want to go look at this. Not really a history question. But was anyone else present at the Coliseum when the lions got loose at the circus? <laughs> what? It was an off-brand circus, and as we walked in, I jokingly said, let's hope the lions don't get loose. They often get loose and run in the stands. I swear to God on this day I said that. As we were watching, it was dark, and the area in the ring was lit up. I looked over, and lo and behold, a lion walked out the aisle and into the arena with the windows. Or no, the area with the windows, sorry. They said, everyone stay seated and remain quiet and calm. I went down to see the action, and the lady lion tamer in full garb was snapping her whip with one of them cornered, and he was snarling. It was in the paper. This would have been at least 30 years ago in that range. So I need to look into this in the paper. And somebody else piped in and was like, yeah, I, I was there. We were across the arena. And what? Uh, Jeff says that he said to his son, I hope they don't get loose. So like he has a witness. He has multiple witnesses to the lions getting loose at the off-brand circus. Oh, my gosh. And multiple people who can verify that he said, I hope they don't get loose. Oh, so, my gosh. You are a I hope they got him back. Jinx. <laughs> Jeff, don't say anything else unless it's, I hope Devin doesn't win a million dollars. Yeah. You can say that. <laughs> but I like to think it was almost like the psychic moments that we don't realize mm-hmm. we're having where we're like, I mm-hmm. just get a bad feeling. Like, Jeff's mm-hmm. subconscious was like, this place is not up to code. Right, right. <laughs> Many corners have been cut. Yes. And they have big cats. <laughs> Aha. Yeah. I sense the problem. <laughs> Everything here is off-brand. They don't have cotton candy. They have they have candy fluff. What is that even? They don't have kettle corn. This is a cougar with a tutu on its head. That's not a lion <laughs> that's at all. That's not even close. <laughs> that's a Newfoundland. <laughs> yeah, that's a Newfoundland wearing a lion costume. With a lion cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love these stories that you brought me. This is mm. such interesting Thank stuff. Thank you. I worried that having only, like, two instances that are related was not enough to tell you about, but I really love just talking about cryptozoology in general and weird shit in general, mm-hmm. and then how it's part of this greater weird place that we live in, but here's an example of it. Yeah, in well, because the PNW. cryptids... Just like with like the swimming wolves or whatever, yeah. it's and and again something that like if you couldn't prove or like what if they had gone all the way missing and not just moved up to BC yeah. 
you would be like, I saw a wolf swimming five miles out from shore, and people would be like, yeah, whatever. Exactly. Like, you saw a dead wolf floating, mm-hmm. or you saw a dog, yeah. or you saw something. You saw like, a Cadbury stranger than we know. It's so yeah. strange. Yeah, and it just, every... Every story like this, I think, is so neat because it shows us that even these animals, uh, cougars are one of the most studied felines uh, on the planet. Even animals that we know that well, there could be new stuff to learn about them, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. There's and and we don't know everything there is to know even about the creatures that we think we understand well. And that's amazing. And that's cool. So cool. That's so cool. So if you've ever I've never seen a cougar. My mom saw one once um, in the I guess it would have been mid 80s out by the airport. But she's the only person that I think I know of who's actually seen a cougar. And she only saw the tail end of it. Yeah. I've never seen a wild one. They have one oh, at Cattails yeah. who, like, has some kind of... He's not... He he ain't quite right, I think. Oh, he a little and bit he, inbred. He bit his tail off or something. Oh. He has no tail. And it's in some way his fault or, like, his... He did that. Okay. Uh, the, the little... The plaque is kind of... It uses a lot of passive voice. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what happened with his tail. It's protecting but, his dignity. It doesn't want to say yeah. that he was chasing his tail one day and got a little too aggressive. Yeah. Not putting him on exactly. front street. Oh, good. Good for them. But yeah, I've never seen one in the wild. And actually, I vaguely remember my dad telling me that my uncle had one for a pet. And this would have been in upstate New York. So I really need to ask him about this because there wouldn't, there shouldn't have been pumas or cougars or whatever in upstate New York in the 50s. <laughs> So <laughs> I have some, I need some follow-up questions about Uncle Alan's cougar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to assume a lot of these are like budget circuses and menageries going under and liquidating. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I, you remember, did you ever get to walk in the wild? Was that still here when you got to Spokane? Yes. Yeah. I remember walking the wild. I know that they found places for a lot of their animals, but I like how good were those records? How many how many parrots just kind of got released into the Palouse? Yeah, what the fuck? I saw a run over parakeet the other day, Are you and serious? I was like, "What?" Yeah, oh, that's on the on the like a Cubby and I were walking back through one of the paved alleys in the mm-hmm. neighborhood because, as I've understood as a specific Spokane thing, there's like alleys and then there's alleys they don't pave. Yeah, but that's how I learned one of my neighbors has a uh, grave in their backyard too. Like what? Full on like headstone, little low stone wall with like iron points around what? it. What type? Grave area. Yeah, I don't fucking know. We are going to be but, friends uh, with that person and find yeah. out. Anyway, I love the story that you brought me. I love this so much. Thank you. I'm so glad you did. I will always talk about animals. I will always talk about things that scare the shit out of me because that's my big fear in the woods. A, that I'm going to get attacked by a grizzly bear. B, that I'm going to get attacked by a mountain lion. C, that I'm going to get attacked by a serial killer. I have n- oh, I'm in a different order on that one. Are you really? No, that's my order. Oh, I'm much more worried about humans. I should be. I think... Mm-hmm. I think... I don't know why that is. But either way, I can barely sleep when I go camping. Uh, I, I don't... Even though I love being outside and I love being in the woods, I'm very rarely at rest because I'm pretty sure I'm going to get eaten by a big animal. Uh. It's kind of like my fear of sharks. Super absolutely yeah. unfounded, but that's what it is. <laughs> I have the I have the wrong 
response to sharks. I just, I like them a lot and I'm excited when they come near me because I think they want to be my friends. And yeah, I like petting them. They're nice to pet, not in the wild, but I've petted them in aquariums and stuff and it's just pleasant. I don't think they get anything out of it. But like, I saw a video the other day of somebody who got to go swimming with whale sharks at the Atlanta Aquarium and I'm like, if I ever know that I have like a year to live, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's my make a wish. Whale sharks are cool as shit. Yeah. I go hang out with them for sure. They're much less upsetting than basking sharks too. Because basking oh. sharks, basking sharks, I can't sharks. Talk. They open their mouth like gulper yeah. eels, whereas whale sharks just open their mouths like they're really excited. They, to see they you. look like they're smiling all the time. <laughs> yeah, and either way, their throats are like the size of a quarter. Right, I'm not getting so, stuck down there. The basking shark, yeah. I could totally get hoovered up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, totally. We're just get like stuck up. in stuck in its gum. Yeah, like so much. I don't know. Yeah. peanut butter. Yeah, so much peanut butter. So much corn kernel. Well, yeah. I guess this is where I go now. Yep. Ah, oh, but what a way to go. What a way to go. All right. Well, I would like everyone to follow us on Facebook in particular so that they can tell us all about the cougars or other weird animals that they've seen. Yeah. But in addition to Facebook, you can also find our happy asses on Instagram and Twitter. You can find mm-hmm. us on iTunes. You can find us on Podbean. You can rate, review, and subscribe on the platform of your choice because yeah and on facebook even if you like us on facebook you can also review us on facebook look i've reviewed us on facebook just to boost our ratings haha facebook is also the place where devin put all her pictures of like crypto cons of the conference live streams i did i got some on instagram as well but i did a big photo dump on facebook so you should come check us out or check those photos out there i am trying really hard to convince liz to go be a presenter with me at the 2019 cryptozoology conference because as of yet they haven't had a pacific northwest cryptid talk and i think we could be their first one so i think that would be really fun i'm I'm into You're it. into it? Okay. Get on social media yeah. and tell Liz that she needs to continue to be into it. Please get on social media and tell me to quit buying $10 of things on Wish every few days and save my money instead for a ticket to the 2019 Cryptozoology <laughs> Conference. Liz and I need different <sighs> motivations. <laughs> In a, We're all on our individual journeys. We are. Um, at the next big... Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, at the at the next big sticker mule sale, we will be ordering new stickers. I've got a new design for all oh. y'all. But in the meantime, you can always check out my Etsy and you can check us out on Society6. You can check yeah. out our website, WeechaBroads.com, which is beautifully updated. Liz has switched us to a new platform. We look fucking awesome. And we're updating our show notes there. Liz, can they go to Patreon? I love it when they go to Patreon. We thanked our new patrons at the beginning. That's right. Thank you, all of our patrons. It really does help because, like, it it's it adds up that you're like, okay, well, we got, you know, 14 bucks a month to Podbean and eight to Alphonic and such and such to Squarespace mm-hmm. and this and that. Like, I haven't upgraded our equipment in a while. No. But it is helpful, especially as, like, we move into other phases in our careers it makes it a little easier to but it it sometimes gets really intense and 
to do any it gets really intense and hard to do anything besides getting an episode out yeah. so being able to know that the hosting is taken care of and some of the technology stuff is taken care of with support from our listeners is really helpful so thank you for helping us do thank that you. and and thank you for listening everybody who's like you listen and you share and you tell us interesting stuff and mm-hmm. send us ideas mm-hmm. and that's like, I love getting to talk to Devin, and I love thinking about these cool things, but knowing that we're not just talking to each other really helps keep it on track yeah. and have it not be something that becomes, like, a, a side project yeah. that we forget about and that language yeah. is, like, I, I it, it makes it easier to stay up late like I did last oh night, my gosh. making the episode for Monday morning, knowing that there's actually people who are going to listen on Monday morning. Right. So that means a lot. It really does wonderful people i don't know how to give compliments without it sounding insincere to me but it's really really appreciated yeah Yeah. so thank you friends in the meantime we as always hope that you live weird die and stay weird yeah yeah Yeah. it shouldn't be that hard we've said thanks for listening like 12 times in the last 30 seconds but we'll say thank you for listening one more time it's always a good way to end it Sometimes I'm not even trying to be weird, and weird things happen anyway. <laughs> you, you're never trying to be weird. It's just a state of being for you, buddy. Yeah. It just is. <laughs> <laughs>